0: welcome to the wolverine digest podcast the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of michigan athletics if you want open dialogue honest opinions
1: and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue this is the podcast for you and now here's your host brandon brown joined as always by chris bryler it is wednesday my dudes <laughs> i just going to start by saying go blue there it indeed, is. Indeed, indeed, go blue. Michigan
0: basketball one and zero, dude. One and freaking a Lot more wins to come. I wouldn't bet. I would not bet on a whole lot of losses coming that team's way this season. It's early. Uh, yeah, they dicked around a little bit with Buffalo. That Buffalo team is freaking good. That's, well, that's
1: what I was gonna say. I had people asking, like, "Well, is, are did Michigan be... play a bad game, or is Buffalo that good? Buffalo is that good?
0: They're gonna be a handful in the MAC, dude. There's no doubt about that. Yeah." Um, you know, and Michigan um, comes away with uh, a pretty easy win. I mean, it wasn't an easy win, but, you know, they they uh, they come away with a 12-point win. Buffalo made it close. I think they got it to within five in the second half a couple times. Michigan was up 20-something in the first half. And then, you know, Juwan Howard really early on. The team is kind of running away with it. It looks like a blowout. He starts mixing up the lineups in a big way. You know, he gets at one point he had Frankie Collins, Kobe Bufkin, and – caleb houston all in at the same time i think maybe yeah. even de- might have been like a four freshman lineup at one point either way the freshman kind of played a lot in the first half houston got into foul trouble Devonte jones got into foul trouble so like the lineups were really weird things were kind of all over the place a little bit and um yeah i i don't know i i still think that team is going to be really freaking good and as they figure things out and they start to gel a little bit and you start to settle in on a lineup like like i don't know i don't know if like Adrian Nunez is going to even play once the season gets going, yeah. but he played a lot in the first half, knocked a couple shots down, but anyway, still really fun to watch. Um, I don't know. Are you still a basketball guy now that the season's back around? I what? mean,
1: well, the, the last year I didn't, I, I came in like halfway through. So trying to play catch up was, was, you know, a little bit difficult, but you know, this year coming into it, obviously we've, we've been at the press conferences, been around the guys. I've been in the same room with a guy like, Musa Diabate. And I got to be honest, man, like I'm ordering his jersey probably as soon as we get off the podcast here. I'm (laughs) going to find a way to get my hands on it because, you know, he used in that press conference um, that we were at weeks back, you know, he somebody had asked him like what he models his game after. And he had said Kevin Garnett and and i think both of us kind of lit up because we you know we we kind of grew up in that era and we remember yeah. what guys like kevin garnett were not just the physical play but the mentality and kind of the energy they bring to the court and his athleticism how springy he is how built he is physically put together he's an immediate impact player on both ends of the floor i know offensively he's going to get better but I'm excited to see what that guy turns into. And then I saw ball movement. I mean, they, they moved the ball really well. I know Hunter Dickinson talked about how NBA scouts said, Hey, you got to work on your left hand. And we saw a little bit of that in the game. So top to bottom, they look like the most complete team in the big 10. And I think you're right. I I just don't see them losing a lot of games this year. Yeah. The second half got a little bit tight, but man, that, that was the first, you know, first game solid opponent. You know, I know they played Wayne state, but, but this wasn't Wayne state.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was, uh, I thought it, I thought it played out well for an opener. Like they got out early. They showed that they could be dominant. Things were really rolling. Then Juwan started tinkering with the lineup. He's got this guy in that guy in, a bunch of guys playing. And then Buffalo comes charging back. Michigan had to, you know, had to buckle down, had to play some defense, had to focus up a little bit. They did. They pulled away. I mean, like, I just think it kind of tested them in a lot of ways and felt pretty good. All right. this is what I want to do. I just going to go quickly. I want you to give me like, a sentence or two or three off of my five takeaways article that I just put up as the game went, lo- went final. I put up five things. I actually had a list of about eight or nine that I could have done. I just went with five. I'll touch on a couple of the other ones and then we'll, we'll shift it over to kind of looking at some of these fan questions and some stuff like that and see where we're at as we get past, uh, you know, past nine fifteen here. Obviously, uh, two hours behind schedule with that basketball game tipping at six 30. So yeah. the first thing that I said about the game tonight was that, and the, and the announcer said this, and it was easy to see from the very, very beginning. Caleb Houston is freaking ready. Like dude is ready. Now he is yeah, polished. Bro. He does it all a sentence or two from you
1: go. Uh, when I was a freshman in college, I had like, I think I was still working a bowl cut. I might have still been wearing Jinkos, And I think I worked at a shoe store. If I remember correctly, this dude looks like he's already an NBA vet. Uh, he he's, he's really good and he's only going to get better. And I think that's scary for the big 10.
0: Yeah. I, I tweeted out like you can see it already. It's, it was like 10 minutes of his freshman season. And I'm like, He's got a 15-year NBA game. You know,
1: you know who where he fits like a San Antonio, like that, like <laughs> solid, big fundamental, just does yeah. everything right. You know,
0: that's what I said. I mean, he, you could see it. He can shoot it. He can put it on the deck. He can finish at the rim. He was passing extremely well. He can defend. He's smart. He, I mean. Yeah, he's ready, man. He's ready for the yeah. big... Not a surprise at all that he stepped in and became a starter in that lineup of a, of a pretty deep team. I mean, we saw that tonight. A lot of guys can play. Second thing, we just touched on it. You already uh, you already kind of went to the well with this one, but Musa DiBate is the real deal. He's raw. He's figuring some things out, but you saw the two big blocks, you know, a foot above the rim, a couple monster dunks, runs the floor like a gazelle. I, I mean, there, he's figuring some stuff out, positioning <laughs> on offense and defense. Um, you know, angles, I think it's going to take some time to figure that out, but the the raw tools are special. I mean, he might end up being better than Caleb Houston long-term, which is crazy to say. I
1: I think the ceiling for him might be there, might be over a Caleb Houston. And you're right. There's a lot of, I mean, when he came walking into that press conference, his shoulders are like seven feet wide. He's just, you know, he looks like he's chiseled out of like granite, um, I don't know. The guy's a special player. Give him some time on the court, and it's going to be scary once he puts that all together, especially on the offensive side.
0: The third thing that I wrote down was, I think Devontae Jones. When you t- okay, you've got you've got Hunter Dickinson. You've got the freshman we just talked about. There's depth. There's Terrence Williams. There's you know a bunch of talented freshmen. Eli Brooks. I, I mean, he's going to be kind of a, a constant, like overlooked guy because he's not new. He's been there forever, and he right. just does a good job, but he's he's super good. I think Devontae Jones is the most important player on the team. Like, I, I think when you have a true point guard who can set the tone on both ends of the floor, he's a bulldog on defense. He's going to be really good there. He's a definite improvement there over Mike Smith from last year. And just his pace, his vision, the way he works off the pick and roll at the top of the key, the way he finds guys, he can score it in the lane. I don't know. I'm look real quick. I don't know if he shot a three tonight. Did he shoot a three? He did not shoot a three pointer tonight. I think that he's a little more reluctant to shoot a three yeah. versus like a Mike Smith. But I think he comes in with like pretty good percentage that I'd have to go back and double check that. But I, I think that Devonte Jones, when he went out with some foul trouble early in the second half, they looked, they looked a little disjointed and I, I don't, I love Eli Brooks, dude. I would take a thousand Eli Brooks on my basketball teams for the rest of my life. I don't like him at point guard. I don't like him running the ball, running the point, and being the yeah. primary ball handler and defending the primary person at the top. I think he's so much better off the ball. All right, I said a lot more than a few sentences right there. Devontae <laughs> Jones is key to Michigan's success this year.
1: I will say yes, and once again, it's a testament to Jawan Howard and his ability to go into you know the transfer portal and bring the right talent in. He is turning out to be a master of building chemistry, and it's only getting better. So. How about this comment? This is about nail on the head. Eli Brooks is the Ronnie Bell of the basketball team. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah.
0: Earlier this year, we were talking Great about analogy, Yeah. and Chris rattled off like eight receivers before he got to Ronnie Bell. Like, you just <laughs> do that. You just do that with guys that yeah. come to work and do their job. And, and, I mean, they can be flashy. Like, Eli has thrown down some big dunks. He has hit some huge threes before. He's yeah. really, really good at everything. You just kind of forget about him. I don't know why that is, because he's he's super, super important to what they want to do. But uh that's that's really good. He is. He's the he's the Ronnie Bell of the basketball team. So um important that he stays healthy and and can yeah. contribute uh you know, contribute game after game because he's so good on, on both ends. Uh the fourth thing I said was freaking free throws, man. They better fix that. They they yeah. better fix that before, you know, things get serious. They've got a lot of time, obviously, before the Big Ten schedule starts, but going uh what was it 18 of 30 from the from the free throw line 60% as a team that's not that's not going to get it done they've got to shoot better from the free throw line Juwan Howard actually I think I, I can't remember if he offered it up on his own or if somebody specifically asked about free throws but he said we've we've got to be better there you know in practice we haven't been that great we've been we've been uh tracking it and obviously focusing on it and they weren't very good that's not a good pr- percentage when you've got guys who you know, for the most part can shoot pretty well. I mean, you don't look yeah. at any guy and be like, Oh, that's a horrible shot. They're going to be terrible from the free throw line. So they gotta, they gotta be better there. Didn't hurt them tonight, but, it, but that's the kind of stuff in a close game in the big 10 that you got to knock them down.
1: It is, but it was so bad that I'm, I'm more apt to believe that it was, it was a mirage. It's not, you know, we we can't really count on that for the remainder of the year, but you're right. When you get into those tight games and you're playing rivals like Michigan state, You're going to need to make your free throws. And if you go out and shoot, you know, 60% from the free throw line, you're probably not going to win many basketball games when you're going against, you know, the upper tier talent. So you can get away with that against Buffalo barely, uh, but you're not going to be able to get away with that against some of the better teams in the big Ten.
0: Yeah. Dickinson and Diabate combined for six for 12, so 50% from the bigs. And you know, those guys that are going to be at the line, knocking down free throws. So got to get that cleaned up a little bit. You know, it's not perfect. It's the first game of the year. But I thought that was, you know, as they're they're missing the front ends of one and ones and, you know, Dickinson, I think, missed two in a row uh, two both of his free throws at least one time. He ended up going five for eight. So he did do better down the stretch, but got to fix the free throws a little bit. And then last but not least, I just, you know, it's early. It's one game. It's a Mac school, although looking like a very good Mac school in Buffalo. The potential for the team. I I just I'm I'm it's impossible not to think about like down the line when, when Diabate knows what's going on and him and Dickinson can feed off each other and Brooks and Jones really know their roles as the starting guards. And, you know, maybe Diabate does come into the starting lineup and you've got a spark plug energy guy like Brandon Johns coming off the bench. Like he's been his whole career. The, the freshman you know, as bouncy and athletic as, as guys like Frankie Collins and Kobe Bufkin are, I don't know, man, the team I'm just, like I was, I was out doing some stuff today and I, I couldn't wait to watch the game. I was like, I can't wait to watch this basketball game, man. And now I just want to see the next one and the next one and the next one and see how good they can, they can truly be. Cause they look, they look like a lot of fun. If nothing else, yeah,
1: it's hard not to be excited about the future when you see all of these cool pieces that are that are on the basketball team and you know that they're only going to get better you know they're going to develop guys like Frankie Collins like I'm excited to see what his career turns into obviously Moose Diabate you know Caleb Houston those guys they have so much talent and I I think it's just you know for for all the heartbreak that we seem to to suffer and go through with the football team there's on the flip side when it comes to the basketball team There's just such a trust there in what Jawan Howard's doing in the culture he's built. It's a pleasure to sit back and watch it as a fan, having that kind of trust in in the guy leading the team. It's just it's a pleasure to watch.
0: No doubt about it. And I said I wrote down a a couple other things. So I just want to touch on them real quick while we're just talking. Man, Terrence Williams, dude, is going to be so valuable because he can play the three, the four, the five everywhere he, knocked, he stepped out he stepped out and knocked down a big three today i think he had six seven eight boards something like that he's a hustler he can defend multiple positions he can grip it and he can grab a rebound and go and get it out if he can't get it to a guard i mean the, he's doing all the little stuff michigan's got a few of these glue guys on the team i would i would classify like eli brooks as a glue guy brandon yeah. Johns is a blue is a glue guy terrence williams is certainly a glue guy but they're all pretty skilled too and i remember I remember Hunter Dickinson during the media day earlier this year said that Terrence Williams and the, and the announcer said it multiple times, too, that they're playing that Terrence Williams is playing the best basketball he's ever seen before. But he took it a step further and said that Terrence Williams has the best knack on the team for taking and making hard challenge shots, kind of like Carmelo Anthony. And I was like, get out of here, Carmelo Anthony. Get wow. the hell out of here. But he did it a couple times tonight where he's kind of twisting and contorting his body around. And he hit a little like I think they called it like a dirk fadeaway. Yeah. He stepped out, he stepped out and hit that three pointer, you know, with confidence. Like I saw it. I saw the taking and making tough shots. Saw exactly what Hunter Dickinson was talking about. And Terrence Williams is just like he's just a fun guy to watch play. Like he's the guy you can really get. He's got he's got the long hair, the headband, he's got the long sleeves on. Yeah. Kind of have you know, a I've have seen a, people
1: I want him to do well. Right. And I've seen people bring up, you know, the, the double tax or whatever, and the chippiness tonight, but I like that. I, you know, I hope this team has more of that as the season goes on. I, you know, I've seen Hunter Dickinson. He's obviously embracing the role as villain. You know, he, he hasn't really held back when, you know, sharing his thoughts, particularly about the, the folks over in Illinois. Um, I just, I like that chippy side. I like that bad boys era. You're kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you're, you're walking the fine line between dirty and just hard-nosed playing. Like I want, I, I like a Michigan team like that. So hopefully, Juwan's coaching that into him. I like the chippiness.
0: I thought it was a little. I thought they went to the double text a little quick tonight. Actually. Maybe, yeah. You know, they're just. I don't know. First game of the year. Maybe the refs are trying to set a tone a little bit. But I, I didn't really see anything that was like that bad all night. Even basically. Caleb. Did you see Caleb after the and one yeah, give got, a look back? Yeah, he kind of got clocked in the head. So I think he had a little bit of sauce on there since he made the shot, and he was a little you know, a little myth that he got, that he got hit in the face or whatever, but I, I don't know. That's you're going to get that every, every night where you got guys kind of jawing after a big play or finished through contact or a hard foul or whatever. So anyway, um I actually didn't even, I, I thought the last double tech, I thought, I just assumed, I guess that it was on Dickinson and the guy that he fell on, but actually it was, it was apparently against Terrence Williams and somebody else like away from that play. I don't know. So like I said, I, for you to not even really be able to tell on TV what the call was for yeah. like, it wasn't that bad, but anyway, yeah, no, I'm I'm fine with some chippiness. You got some young guys out there. You've got a new guy in Devontae Jones. You've got guys playing different roles a little bit. So to be confident, to be jawing a little bit, to be excited about being back in front of fans, to be in Chrysler, you know they think they're gonna they're gonna win. I mean that that's that's the kind of coach Jawan Howard is. That's the kind of track record they've had and they're the defending Big 10 champs. So you know they're going to they're going to have a target and they're going to have to have that they're going to have to have that edge all year cuz people are going to be trying to you know get under their skin, ruffle their feathers. I saw number uh, was it number 10, the little point guard for Buffalo, it was a good player, really good player. Yeah. Um I saw him he was throwing little chicken wing el- bony ass elbows on people all night. I'm like, "Dude, why <laughs> you know, I think he was one of the ones that got a tech at one point, but no, I'm, I'm with you, man. That's that you, you gotta, you like to see a little I ad love ad it. on the, on the basketball court, right? Got to, yeah, got to see it. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I just came away thinking this can be a fun, a fun team to cover all season. And we're going to have a, we're going to have a good time, you know, coming up with takeaways after each game. And it's not going to be perfect. I mean, it never is. And you hope the guys can stay healthy and you don't, uh, you, you don't want to have to, you know, switch lineups against your will, but it's nice that Juwan has, I don't know, man, 10 guys who can play. They're deep, very, very deep. I was wondering, I was curious, I found myself curious about Adrian Nunez because he didn't play hardly at all last year. He's a shooter. He can shoot. And this team probably isn't as good of a shooting team as it was last year when you take guys like Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers off the team. Uh Caleb Houston can certainly shoot. I wouldn't, you know, Brandon Johns has shown the ability to shoot from the outside, but he's not Isaiah Livers. And so, you know, maybe Nunez does come in and give him some spot duty here and there and and, you know get get free on the perimeter. But I don't know. I, I just thought Juwan was really, really messing with different lineups and trying to get guys minutes and just seeing who can do what, um, you know, out there and I don't know, mixing it up a little bit. And that kind of allowed Buffalo to, you know, get back into the game. So we'll see. But they're uh they are a really good team. I was impressed by Buffalo from the Mac tonight. Thought they did Michael
1: uh, Michael Wenglikowski off the top rope on Nunez. Yeah, well, too busy making TikToks. But you know, I think business is good, right? He's got how many followers does he have on like TikTok? Like million? A million? It, it, I I don't know that Michigan fans know this about uh, Adrian Nunez, but he's got like two million followers on TikTok. He's kind of like a a TikTok mini celebrity, I guess. It's kind you know, it's it's a little strange. He he is a TikTok celebrity. I mean, there's no doubt. Okay, about so him. legit, 100%
0: TikTok we have celebrity. Three million followers on TikTok.
1: Okay, three million.
0: I mean, you know, I I don't know if we is this what we want him? Is this what we want him doing out there? I guess you know, whatever. Do your thing, Adrian.
1: Let uh, that see. I, I I agree with CJ. Let that kid make some money.
0: Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. I mean, he's not, he's not an NBA guy. He's not, he's, he's probably not even a play overseas guy. So let him do his thing. You know, 3.2.8 million followers on TikTok. You can, and you can do built. pretty well with that. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So no, that's all good. And, and who knows, man, who knows? He might end up having a little bit of a role on this team as a veteran, as a shooter, but uh, you know, that was one of the, that's one of the things I'm, I'm curious to see how, how Juwan manages to tighten up this rotation and how he's going to use these guys, you know, the, the young guys, man, they're, they're ready to play, dude. I mean, yeah. Diabate and, and Houston, obviously Houston's in the starting lineup, but even like I was so impressed in person with Kobe Bufkin at that Michigan madness thing, his yeah. length, his ability to get off the floor, his stroke is super repeatable and smooth. I just, I don't know, man. I I, I think those, if those freshmen can come along like they sometimes can and sometimes do it's going
1: to be really hard to tighten that rotation up to eight, seven, eight, maybe even nine guys. So. And, and that's why I think it's going to be the difference in the long run. I think their depth, I mean, if, the, if there's another team that's as deep as in Michigan in, in all of college basketball, I'd like to see it because I, I think you're right. Joan Howard's going to have to figure out how the rotations are going to work because a lot of guys can play <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of good players. Yeah. I mean, you, you are,
0: you know, for sure, for sure that Diabate and Terrence Williams and probably Frankie Collins are gonna have to play pretty significant minutes this year. Maybe yeah. Zeb Jackson. I mean, he didn't play tonight. He was out, but you you're going to need a backup point guard. Um, you know, whether it's Devontae Jones comes out and then Eli shifts over, but you've got to have somebody on the bench who can come in for one of those guys and run the point. Tonight it was Frankie Collins. I thought he looked pretty good too. He didn't do a lot, but for a freshman that's you know, build as a very aggressive, athletic, bouncy kind of get to the basket guy. I was really impressed with his pace, his patience. He was really head up looking for guys on on fast breaks, not just trying to get to the rack. He wasn't, he didn't play a whole lot. I I don't know if he played at all in the second half, actually very little if he did. Um, Frankie Collins played, he played seven minutes. Yeah, he didn't play very much at all. Um, Kobe Buffkin played four. Nunez played eight, uh, even Diabate only played 16 minutes. So, I mean, it was most of the starter guys. And then Terrence Williams who played a bunch, Devonte Jones didn't play all that much as he was dealing with foul trouble in the second half. So anyway, I, I had fun watching it. They get a 12 point win. They're one to know, and now they get ready for, I forget. I was looking at that before the game started and now I forgot who their next game is against. I'm sure someone in the comments will throw that up. They'll put so it up there. Speaking of the comments, what do we got? I mean, what what do we got out there? I know it's later. We don't have quite as many people in here as we normally do on a Wednesday night. But if anybody has anything that they would like to throw out, that we would like to discuss, that you would like to hear me and Chris argue about. Chris, have we had an argument yet? Oh, yeah, that's right. Prairie View, the the coaches against racism. That's Um, right. That's right. Yeah, that, that should be a cool one. Obviously a cool uh, a cool uh, uh, cause and, and everybody, you know, I think Michigan might be the only game in, I don't know, Tom Wyrot was talking to us about that game earlier this year. Anyway, yes, Prairie View a and um, in, in Washington, D.C. this weekend. So there you go. H- have
1: we argued yet? I think I probably, believe. I think the closest we may have come, well, I don't even know if it was in our, the closest disagreement we've come to, I think would have been kind of where things were going with East Lansing, like even like even talking about it today. Like I think even though, I mean, you don't want to hear shit about the referees. Like you don't, you don't don't right you don't care. Even, even if, even if there was um, an acknowledgement from the big 10 that a mistake was made, you don't like for you, that's secondary. That's not, you know, and for me, I've, I've slowly sort of transitioned to, wow, that was a big deal. And now I'm, I'm kind of beyond the Michigan, Michigan state game. I just want to, I want to learn more about the big 10 process and the review process and how all that works. And I think a lot of fans want to know about that because, and you've seen NFL guys come out and and say, why aren't referees being held accountable? And I think that's a discussion that needs to be had. These guys are in a position to make big time calls that have real world consequences And it seems like there's no accountability at any level. And so I think there's going to be a really big push here over the next year um, to try to make as many changes to that as you possibly can. There's got to be more transparency in how these guys operate.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with, like I said, with what your points are and, and, and concerns are for the process and what actually goes into it. Mine was more just like, the fact that it's still being talked about in reference to the Michigan state game. I'm like, dude, they played another game and beat Indiana since then. Like, why are we Damn. doing this? And I know, yeah. I know Tarball was asked about it and Angelique put it out there and lobbed him up a meatball. And I, I get it. I get it. But I don't know. I just, I was talking to a friend on the phone today and like anytime, you know, a, a team I like or a team I follow loses. And I'm talking to somebody about the game. If at any point they're like, well, it's hard to beat them and the refs. I'm like, I'm good. I'll see you later. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you about that. Cause that's just like, even if the calls were just horrible, horrible, and you could make an argument that some of them were horrible against Michigan state. There's like 180 plays in a football game. And there's what, like three really bad calls. Like I just, yeah. just leave it alone, man. There's so many, other, like maybe don't let Kenneth Walker score a thousand touchdowns against you. How about that? Can we do that? Can we start there? So, I don't know. Anyway, you're going to get me on a soapbox again here, See, man. look at him
1: now. Look at him. He's getting all worked up now. He's all hey. lathered up. He's, he's glistening over there. I don't have anything to drink,
0: dude. I'm just some parched. No. All right, oh, here, here we go. go. We got some good comments coming in here. I- I'll be completely honest with you guys out there. Everybody asking about the health of the wide receivers, Donovan Edwards, Eric All. I'm not sure. I've asked around. I haven't heard anything concrete. The, the closest best thing that i got is that they expected this they expected the skill players to be back this week i, I don't know who if that means all of them I, I didn't get a very i'm like which ones and then i didn't really get like a concrete answer back about who that was you know if it's yeah. is that just the receivers is that eric all is that quorum and edwards i'm not really sure i know that's probably one of the biggest things people want to know but i I personally haven't gotten any any concrete evidence or or uh, info on whether or not those guys are going to be are going to be back. Um, this is a good question. I like this one. Who's a better quarterback? Kate
1: McNamara or Sean Clifford? I like that question. Thank you for well, that, Patrick. You know what? and i I'm, I'm probably gonna sound like a bit of a hater here, but I would say Sean Clifford, because I know Sean Clifford can throw. But the thing about Sean Clifford that scares me the most is his ability when he drops back in the pocket, his escapability, like he'll run up through the middle or he'll get out to the outside. That guy can break off 25, 30 yards on a run like nothing. I haven't seen Cade McNamara have that part of his game yet. So I think anytime you can add mobility to a quarterback, you want to have that element there. That's why I take Clifford. I think the the arm strength and the accuracy is probably similar.
0: Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I haven't watched Clifford as closely as I've watched McNamara, but I I, I would give Clifford the edge, too, for some of those same things. More proven. He's been the starter for a couple years. He can do a little bit more with his legs, Um, but it's not by a lot. I I mean, it's not like, you know, if you said, okay, for the rest of the season, you could take McNamara or you could take Clifford, which I don't even know if I would switch it. I'm like, it's to me, it's like that close. Yeah, I don't think it's head and shoulders, but if I had to. If I had to pick one, if I had to give somebody an NCAA overall rating, <laughs> I'm giving the edge to Clifford by like a little bit, like maybe yeah. two points. Mobility points. is a big deal. It is. I, I like mobility in my quarterbacks. Uh, not really a question or a comment, but I really like this. Austin Cooper from the YouTube page. Terrence Williams feels like this year's Shawnee Brown. I like it. I do. I think he's going to be the same kind of guy, different game. You know, he's not, he's, he's, you know, Shawnee was more of an, uh, you know, uh, a traditional guard, whereas but but could do some some stuff because of his his size and strength. Where Terrence Williams is more of a a four who can step out and do some guard stuff. So they're they're different. But in terms of energy, in terms Same of bro, up, yeah. yeah, doing doing the dirty work, locking somebody down, getting rebounds, getting fouls, fouling some people sometimes, hitting some clutch shots. I like that. I like that kind of thing. In terms of, like I said, maybe not exact position wise, but stuff that they can provide. You know, kind of for the team overall. Chris, I didn't know. I didn't think I was going to have this, but here we go.
1: <laughs> well, no, right. No, what do you, Michael? He's like, what, two away? We, we're we're yeah. three games away. No, he's breaking he's that. Had- uh, that's happening in Happy Valley. He's going to break
0: that record in the first quarter. Somebody Saturday.
1: in the comments did ask if we will be in Happy Valley. Yes, we will be in Happy Valley. We'll talk about that probably a little bit later here in the show.
0: We're going to close the show with a discussion about our next, what it, What would it be, four days of life. Very <laughs> excited about. We'll get into all that stuff, but yeah. Um, all right. All right. Yeah, Shondi was really good. I agree. The strip sack TD overturn was huge. It was big. It was big, but it wasn't the difference in the game. There's, there's, you're, I'm just never gonna, I'm never gonna jump on that, on that train. Won't do it. Um, I forgot it was. I See, think I just I, dis-
1: I disagree. I dis, I. How can you say it's not? It, it wasn't. But I, no, I got to figure out how to put this. It, it's clear that there was a mistake made right? Mm-hmm. That would have resulted in six points, a touchdown. And I know, now I know the difference was they came back and kicked the field goal. So we're talking about a difference of four points But four points wins the game. And so we talk about, you know, Michigan gets shit for not making plays when they need to make plays, right? Like if, if you need a touchdown, go out and score a touchdown, Like don't have to rely on the referees, but that's what they did. They made a play defensively. They made the play that they had to make. And unfortunately they just got screwed out of it. So I, I do look at that play and I say, yeah, that that cost them the game. There were other things that cost them the game, too. But in terms of making a play, that was one that they did make and it got taken away. And I think that's why it pisses me off, because we harp on them for not making those big plays. And then Michigan goes and makes it, does it and does it and does enough to win the game and it gets taken away. So I, I feel so sour about that.
0: I think for me, it's just because of all the things that happened after that. I mean, you, you know, Michigan still. Managed to get out to a sixteen point lead halfway what through is, the third quarter. Um
1: and Cody, he just, he Cody just
0: say, what's this happening? This is not
1: about this is not about clicks. This is not about clicks.
0: There's no clicks here, bud. This is just this, a, this is
1: this is a conversation. We're just, talking,
0: we're just talking right now. Um yeah, I can't I can't see that. I don't know what you're looking at under where you are. It's probably way anyway, down the line. Um I, I just it's just it's just a it's kind of like what we made fun of before you get into like a hypothetical fairy tale land in your head because it's like sure. well, Michigan scores a touchdown right there maybe it really lights a fire under Michigan State's ass and they return the ensuing kickoff for a touchdown and you're like well maybe Oh, no, you can't just say well you can because you have no idea what would then happen from that situation moving on maybe Peyton Thorne looks up at the scoreboard and sees where it is and gets really flustered and throws a pick six on the sure. next possession. I mean, like, so I just, I get it. Michigan made a play. It was, it was taken away from them wrongfully. I mean, it, again, if it was really close, if you had a different weird angle and you weren't quite sure you got to go with the call on the field, like to there over, it's insane. That's insane. You, I, you know, Michigan state fans can say like, eh, here, hold this L that's, that's the wrong call. It was period like you don't even have to be a Michigan fan or be biased to see that there's, was it really close? Was the different angle? Was there maybe a shin like touching a blade of grass? Maybe, but it wasn't clear. What do
1: you need to, what do you need to overturn? What's what do you need?
0: That's the, that's the word that always gets thrown around. I get it. So I don't know. I just, I, I just don't think that, that, that should have been changed and that's how everybody feels. And you know, that's, that's apparently, apparently, what the Big Ten said. We haven't seen it from them. We Are just you know calling Jim, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh a liar? Hey, hey, hey.
1: you addicted to sex? Sex addiction
0: No, Jim, I don't have a sex addiction. Stop changing the subject. Don't change it. This. this is not about me, Jim. Yeah. Uh, well, Jeremy, why isn't Michigan's defense being talked about as elite? Well, they gave up a billion yards and five touchdowns to one running back. That'll
1: that'll do it for me. I uh, I, elite I elite defenses definitely don't do that. I mean, I Indiana's sure. defense didn't do that. Do they have a couple uh, you know,
0: elite guys in Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo? I think you could make that argument. I put up an article today. If nobody out there, if everybody out there saw it, Mel Kuyper now has both Hutchinson and Ojabo in the top ten of his big board. Like Ojabo's probably gone. He's probably gone. No, I was wondering why. That why earlier. wouldn't you be? You know, I was wondering that earlier in the year when he was getting some sacks and doing some things. I'm like, man, he might be playing himself into into the draft. And now it's like he might have played himself into the top half of the first round. Like that's that's how good he's looked. So, and they and and Mal Kuyper also had Daxton Hill as the number two safety uh, available behind only Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, who's expected to be like a top five or top 10 pick. So yeah, Michigan does have some very nice pieces, but you know, they, I don't know. I wouldn't call them elite based on some of the performances this year though. That's just, they're really good. I mean, it's,
1: they're, they're a top 25 defense. Yeah. They've been you know? better
0: under Mike McDonald than I thought they would in year one. So I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. And Probably pretty happy with what I would. I would assume that the coaches are probably pretty happy with what things have looked like. But I wouldn't say elite. I don't think I would go quite that far. I don't know. What what about
1: is that? I just feel like elite's a pretty elite word. I, I think I, I would struggle to even word. <laughs> You know, it is an elite word. uh Georgia comes to mind. I saw somebody use that in the comments. Georgia is pretty close to an elite defense, and I would take Georgia's defense over Michigan's defense in a heartbeat. You know, the difference is I want our two edge rushers, but yeah, I, I wouldn't call these guys elite yet. I think Brandon makes a good point as a unit with Mike McDonald as the first year defensive coordinator. They're doing a good job. They're a good defense. Are they elite? No, I think if you're, if you're an elite defense, you know, you go back to two weeks ago in East Lansing, that doesn't happen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't get into dog fights with a team like Rutgers. It's just there's certain things that elite defenses do that Michigan hasn't done this year. That isn't to take anything away from them. It's still a good defense. Yeah, it's
0: it's really good. It's it's strong and it's got key players at different levels, and that's right. you know that's that's a good that's a good start at least on the way to being elite. Um, I think this is a fair question to make right now. If Illinois can run the ball all over Penn State, why can't Michigan? Uh, still think that Michigan should air it out. I agree to soften the front seven, be aggressive. Here's the deal: Penn State's not as bad as they were on that day. There, that, that was a stinker of a game. It was a clunker. You have them sometimes you just do. You just do. Um, you know, I don't know what was going on that week. I didn't watch that. That game was going on at the same time as the game we were at, at Michigan. Remember Chris, we watched yeah. like the last three or four overtimes from the press. <laughs> we we're like, what the hell is going on? Uh. This is crazy. Nine overtimes or whatever it was. Um, I mean, if you're if you're going to say that, then I would just I would just come back with, well, did you see how they looked against Ohio State in Columbus? Different different animal, different ball game, different set of athletes looked like a completely different team. And that was more recent. So I just think that. Of all the teams that Michigan has played so far this year, Penn State's the most talented. They've recruited better than everybody else that Michigan has and has played to this point every single year the big 10 rankings in recruiting are Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state at the top every year. So they are on paper and, you know, just out of raw talent and athleticism, they're, they're on par with Michigan. And so I think, I don't know, man, maybe they were just sleepwalking against Illinois. I don't really know how you can explain it.
1: It just shouldn't happen, Uh, but it did. There is no explanation for it. And you know, you, I, you would think Michigan would go in and, right, be able, if Illinois can do it, then why can't Michigan? But the, I think Brandon makes a good point that. Penn State, when Penn State plays Michigan, Michigan typically gets the best effort from Penn State. And I think that's what you're going to see in Happy Valley this weekend. They're better than what you saw against Illinois. They've, they, You know, a guy like Clifford, I mean, is he's playing, right? He's not injured? He's 100% now. Yeah. So, so he's 100%. So you've got a veteran quarterback. You've got some key guys on the defense there. They, they have talent. They've got talent at the wide receiver position. They are going to test Michigan. And then on top of it you have, you know, it's not, it's not a traditional whiteout. It's not a night game, but this crowd's going to be up for this game. They're doing some sort of like white with a helmet stripe down the middle. They're going to be amped up for it. Michigan's in town. This is definitely going to be, you know, I don't know if this is going to be as tough of a test as what they saw in East Lansing, but it's going to be pretty damn close.
0: Um, I think this is a good question. And I would, how much does Jahan Dotson worry me a lot, a lot, A lot. might be the best wide receiver in the big 10. And that's saying something with, you know David Bell at
1: Purdue and the guys at Ohio State. He he might be the best one. Who's the or, closest? What's the closest thing our our corners have seen to a guy like Dotson so far?
0: I mean, I, I would probably say Michigan State's duo of of Naylor. And, okay, and,
1: and Nay, Naylor and Reed. Yeah, but mm, they uh,
0: that's yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. I know Washington has a couple good guys, but they were I think they were dinged up. They had multiple receivers out in that game. So, yeah, I think a lot, he worries me a lot. If they, you know, they try to scheme ways to get him freed up or to get him back in the back end of the secondary against the uh, safeties for Michigan that, yeah, they don't run all that well. I mean, when you take Daxton Hill out of the back end of your defense and move him to the nickel corner, suddenly you've got some physical bodies back there and Brad Hawkins and RJ Moten that aren't, aren't speed burners. They're not, they, they don't run like Jahan Dotson can run. I'm actually curious about what they do with him. I think if I'm Michigan, I just say Dax you, you're you're on five all day. Like you're on him all day. Like you, you go if he goes to the bathroom, you go with him. Like that's that's what I would tell him. So, I'm interested to see how they how they decide to defend Dotson and what kind of scheme they use cuz we've seen it in the past with with Dax, but things have been he's been asked to do a lot of different stuff this year, but I still think he's going to be um, he's going to be with Jahan Dotson a lot. That's that's what I expect to see. But I, I'd say a lot. I mean, he worries yeah. me a lot.
1: Did you see? Can you see Matt? I think his last name is stife, His question. He says, uh, "Well, he it's said. not really a question; it's a comment." Moody will have at a minimum four field goals on Saturday. I, my, my question to you is: If Moody has four field goals, does that? does that make you feel confident about the result? Like if you had to look into the future and the only piece of evidence you're getting about Saturday is Jake Moody has four field goals. Do you think Michigan wins or loses that game? Interesting. That's an L L. just like uh, he had four against Michigan state. So that's, so that's the magic number Four field goals. I don't know if that's
0: the magic number, but if if they're well, hmm, I I mean, mean, situation and distance, I think does matter. You know, I yeah. mean, if they're, if he's kicking four field goals from the 30 or f- from 30 yards out, that would bum me out. Cause that means they're not scoring touchdowns when they get close again. You know, if they, yeah. they booms one before the half or something, or they, they, you know, they get a bad holding call or a big sack and they're at the 40 and he kicks a 53 yarder or something like that's a little different, but if they continually habitually stall out in the red zone inside the 20 yard line and he has to kick field goals, that's a problem. So, yeah. I mean, like, you know, the game's long. I would expect him to have a field goal or two from different places on the field for different reasons, but if it's consistently inside the thirty, as opposed to getting touchdowns like it was against Michigan State, that's a problem.
1: That's, should they that's just, problem. should should they just disconnect the sledgehammer like from from the <laughs> hip and like say, hey, you're going to sit on the bench. We're we're going to force we're going to force Cade <laughs> McNamara to put it in the end zone.
0: I asked you about this before. I asked you. Do you think having Moody Changes what Jim Harbaugh and Josh Gaddis want to do on offense and changes the thought process. Like if they had a shitty kicker, would they would they take a few more chances? Would they go for it on fourth down? Would they there's no question? I I think that's that's an that's a really interesting dynamic that I've never really thought about before.
1: You got old faithful back there, number thirteen, who's just drilling
0: them. It's become such a topic of discussion this year because Moody's been so good that it's like, well, we'll play it safe here. We'll get three. Like you could do that nowhere no matter where you are. And I think that I don't know. I wonder how much that does play into what they do and why, why it's looked the way that it's looked. So anyway, I, okay. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this, right? Michigan being ahead of
1: Michigan state in the <laughs> playoff. Games. I love it. Go ahead. It's great. Uh, well, great. I, okay. Here, here's the thing. I, this is going to rub some people the wrong way, but I, it, it just is what it is. And I said this a lot. I just said this, I think at the beginning of the season, when we first started doing these podcasts, uh, The reason that Michigan is ahead of Michigan state is because a, the committee saw what the rest of the country saw in East Lansing. So there's that, but B it's just the fact that no matter what Michigan state does, there's always going to be a preference for Michigan. That's just the way it is. And and I think Michigan state fans are getting a harsh dose of reality. I, the, the playoff committee loves Michigan when Michigan state's doing well. I don't think anybody cares Like it it just there's more excitement about Michigan. The brand is bigger, the fan base is bigger, the alumni base is bigger. It just is the way it is. That's why you're little brother. And you're always going to be little brother. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how much you win, what you do, it just it is what it is. You are what you are. So here
0: are my thoughts on this. And this this is the first place that that my brain went. It doesn't have it doesn't have as much to do with what you just i, I don't disagree, but I—I I, I think you could remove that from the equation. I think you remove the the head-to-head outcome from the equation. Although that that does seem kind of like the most important factor to me. I, I mean, when the two teams play against each other, that's got to be worth more than anything else. But to me, when Michigan State's at number three and they lose to an unranked team to only fall four spots, like that—that that seems like pretty fair. Like I feel like when a team is ranked pretty high. And they lose to an unranked team, pretty con- pretty convincingly. I might add, yeah. like you could see a tumble of five to eight spots in some instances, and they only fell four. So, to me, it's more about it's more about that. When you're ranked high and you lose to an unranked team, you tumble. That's that's just how it works. It just so happens that Michigan losing to you didn't have them tumble very far because it was a big time game. It was a top ten matchup. It was on the road, and it was close. So when Michigan lost to Michigan State, they didn't fall very far. So then the very next week when Michigan State loses to an unranked Purdue team, they fell far enough to get back behind Michigan. I think to me it's more about that than it is like the head-to-head result or you know, the, the branding or whatever I do. think Well, no,
1: ob- obviously it has not. I, I think your point is spot on. And I, I think that's exactly what it was, is that Michigan state loss is worse than Michigan's loss. Even though Michigan's loss came head to head with Michigan state. Yeah. If people, it's you know, weird that, is. it's weird, but it, it makes sense when you think about how both of those games went. So, but, but the flip side of that, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to be a dick, but I think there is, there is a lot of truth there that, I just I think it really bothers Michigan State fans that Michigan, like no matter what happens, no matter how much success they have over there, it's always going to mean more when it's happening for Michigan. So the, per, the pretty girl always gets more attention, fellas. I'm sorry. That's right. It
0: is. Sorry. I, when I I'll tell you this, when I was writing the article, so obviously we all knew that the playoff rankings were coming out at you know, in between those two basketball games last night, whatever time it was. I had the article pre-written for the most part. I had to wait to see where Michigan was, where Michigan State was, to fill it out. I actually had Michigan State like in my sentence. I wrote like Michigan State tumbled to number nine after I. I thought they would be lower. That kind of again goes back to my point about when you lose to an unranked team, you tumble a little bit. They really didn't, man. They went down four spots. I know Purdue is ranked this week. They've looked pretty good. They weren't when they lost. Whatever. It is what it is. It's it's it just felt. It just felt the way it felt because they even did they even changed the format of how they display the teams to get Michigan and Michigan State on there at the bottom. It used yep. to be the Big Four in the top four, and the and next then two five six, and they yep. shifted it over. They went to commercial. They they did the whole thing because they knew what it would do and what you know what kind of discussion it would it would churn up. But it, I I think it's fine. I do think that head to head matchup needs to be worth a lot. But in this very specific case, even if it wasn't Michigan, Michigan State, I think this is the way that it, it should have played out. Like I said, I actually had Michigan State a little lower than that because they lost to an unranked team. But, you know, it is what it is. They're all going to play. You know, they both had to play Ohio State. They, Ohio State, uh, Michigan has to play Penn State still. It's going to be fine. It's going to work itself out just fine. There's no reason to get your green and white panties <laughs> all in a bunch over there because it's going to be it's going to be what it's going to be at the end of the day so don't don't uh you know don't be don't be looking for those wolverine tears or those spartan tears whatever side of the you're on. it's not that big of a deal yet um i mean there's
1: more games to be played and it, it, will, it, is,
0: it will get settled right it is fun to talk about though it is it's fun to talk about um all right let's see yeah, some talks about Georgia and there being the only – maybe the only elite defense in the country, honestly. I mean, yeah. every other every other defense has been exposed in some way, shape, or form. Um, well, let's throw this one up there for funs, for funsies. Mays, white, or blue pants on Saturday, Chris. Stay away think? from Mays. Stay away from Mays' pants. Yeah, probably. I think
1: the last time they wore Mays' pants in Happy Valley, they lost. They wore Mays' pants in East Lansing, they lost. You either got to go with the frosty whites or you got to pull out the blue – I probably go frosty white. I probably go all white. I, have the they b- have they worn the all whites on the road? I don't think they have. I don't think they have either. Yeah, I don't think they have. Um,
0: not a bad question. I like the wording. Will Ojabo or Hutchinson? They <laughs> dance
1: make- <laughs> <laughs> first. Let's I, think gonna, make- uh, I think today. it's going to. I think it's going to be Ojabo. That spin move is terrifying. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's it, <laughs> buddy. <better. laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I, that's a, I mean, flip a coin, really. I mean, there's no way to really like predict that they're both pretty damn good at getting to the, Dude, can you
1: imagine, Hey, he's going into this weekend knowing that there's two top 10 defensive yeah. ends that are going to be coming after him. So that's all nice. hey, fa- I mean, Hawkins,
0: they're not, they're not Dotson fast. They're just not, I mean, it, 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 that's Naxton Hill is Doc is Dotson fast. DJ Turner looks to be uh-huh. Dotson fast the safeties just aren't, they're not, that's not a knock on them. They're just not. I mean, like you, sometimes you get that. Sometimes you don't, a lot of times safeties don't necessarily run quite as well as like the other team's fastest wide receiver. That's pretty typical. It's not a knock on them, but I'm just, I mean, like we've seen it in the past. I know it was Don Brown. I know it was him putting safeties on islands against like KJ Hamler and some other fat, you know, uh, the, how was the, the guy that made Josh Metellus look like he had cement blocks on against Ohio State. Uh-huh. Paris, Campbell. <laughs> Paris Campbell runs yeah. a 4-3-2 or whatever the hell, and like you're asking Metellus to guard him one-on-one. So yeah, no, I don't I don't think we're gonna see anything like that, but Dawson can go, man. He's he's just he's that kind of player. So he's he's uh yeah, he is worrisome a little bit. Um oh it's a good question. I can't remember off the top of my head, Chris, if you want to talk about the for a minute i can look that up i want to say it's like
1: 55 it's long something yeah it's something like that i mean you can i I don't really know what to say about jake moody uh i mean we've already talked about him he's automatic he's the sledgehammer he doesn't miss he's jim harbaugh's safety blanket he makes everybody feel comfortable knowing you can rely on him he's jake moody how about he used to wear
0: number two would that be baller if he was still two
1: he did used to wear number two as
0: long as as long as fifty two this year against Washington. okay. so yeah he's and he's good from far. I, I believe, I believe. I think he had like a fifty eight or fifty nine yarder in high school. I think he has the Michigan high school state record for field goal distance. I'm not positive on that. I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. actually, I got his thing I got his stuff pulled up right here. um yes, he hit a fifty eight yard high school, fifty eight yard field goal in high school he also hit a 50 52 55 57 yarder in high school so the dude's got a leg man there's a reason why he's the he gets it done man he gets it done but 52 in college earlier this year against uh against washington um i full disclosure i haven't seen much of penn state i haven't haven't had an opportunity to watch them very much The question is, did anyone watch any of Penn State's games? They've been terrible on offense. They've been better lately, but, I mean, yeah, you lose to Illinois. I mean, like, obviously, they weren't very good that day. We will have a Penn State expert on with us Friday, so keep it locked for that. We will have Mark Wogenrich, who covers Penn State for Sports Illustrated, talking about the Nittany Lions. But, yeah, I mean, they're not amazing, dude. Like, they started off ranked really high, and now they're not ranked. Like, clearly, some things have fallen apart for them, but. I don't know if anybody thinks Michigan's going into happy Valley and just walking out of there with an easy win. Like, I I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know what you think, you know, how you think things go around here and
1: for Michigan and for for (laughs) on the road in November. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at, looking at the stats or looking at how they've performed in past games, uh, you know, that, uh, that isn't going to do much for you this weekend. I think. And, and, Again, Michigan fans have been there before. You're going into a raucous environment. It's going to be tough. Penn State's probably going to give them a hell of a fight, and and we'll obviously see who comes out on top, but by no means is this going to be a cakewalk in Happy Valley. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I would I love for it to be. I,
0: I, and honestly, I haven't really seen anybody saying that. I haven't. I haven't seen anybody saying that Michigan's just – gonna you know gonna walk in there and get an easy win i mean of course michigan fans they you know they think man penn state's nothing this year we're gonna kill them i I don't think that's the case and vegas doesn't either and they don't suck at making money so you know that is what it is obviously the number moves a little bit with different fan bases and michigan's one of the biggest so there's part of that but anyway i'm trying to go a lot of comments not so many questions here that's a decent one. We'll probably get to this later on in the week too, if we do some over unders. I don't know. Do you think?
1: Do you think Cade goes over three hundred in in uh, Beaver Stadium? I would love for that to happen. I'd probably I just. I I feel like it's going to be more run heavy, you know. And then you talked about it a little bit. I haven't even looked at the forecast, but is there is there rain in the forecast? Are we supposed to have some weather on Saturday? I think it's like thirty to forty percent chance in State
0: College for some Yeah,
1: rain. No, it's going to be what thirties chance of rain. I mean, it's it's probably going to be you know, 50 plus carries for the running backs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would, that's what I would guess. I mean, even if that, well, I don't know if, if Coram's out that, that
1: does that dynamic or that number change for you at all? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, th- I, I don't know, man. Cause they're also down Edwards. Is Edwards still out too? It seems like he might be out. Might still.
0: be but, out. Yeah. is a really good question from Mike. Coming off of last week, how many drinks is Brandon Still. going to have on Saturday?
1: Uh, you know what? The pro- goal number one is keep him away from John U. Bacon. If we can keep him away from John U. Bacon, I gotta. I want to. I want to talk, talk to Johnny Bakes again, dude. I gotta Johnny see Bakes.
0: if he Bacon can. Burger. If he can verify what happened <laughs> and what went down and
1: what he was thinking at the time. Um, should we, should we just kind of talk about where, you know, where that might be a good segue into our, our little trip coming up here.
0: Yeah. Maybe was Michigan. Wasn't the underdog at Wisconsin. Were they?
1: No, no Mi- I thought Michigan was like a two. I thought yeah, they Wisconsin were like a- playing
0: terrible at that
1: time. They weren't, no, yeah. they weren't
0: underdogs then.
1: I don't think so. I
0: could go back and look, but I, I don't believe they were. I think just winning on the road in Wisconsin was like, Kind of noteworthy enough. I don't think
1: they were underdogs. Yeah, Daniels, comp, two point favorite. Uh, Michigan was a two point favorite. I don't know.
0: We'll let them, they'll sort it out. Either way, either way, I, I find it hard to believe that that would have been the case given what, given what Wisconsin was doing at that time, not playing very good and Graham Mertz was turning the ball over left and right. I, I don't think that, I don't think that they were, I don't think that Michigan was the underdog. I think yeah. it was close. I think it was I think Michigan obviously covered by by a lot in that one, but I don't think they were I don't think they were dogs in that one. Um yeah, you want to I mean, we've been on we're going yeah, we're going on 55 minutes here. Let's get into the next few days um and and we'll talk about what we've got coming and what to look for on on Friday. So, do we It's going to be sloppy. It's going to get a, sloppy. We, we should probably have some cool movement right? <laughs> I don't even know. What do we put on, dude? What do we put on here for this?
1: Uh, what, what the, the goofy music. The, the the this. Yeah, that okay. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> uh.
0: So starting tomorrow, mine and Chris's good friend Zach Alden will fly into town from Denver. I pick him up after ten o'clock tomorrow night. We're supposed to go meet Zach's brother, Ty, for a couple drinks. We'll see how that goes on a Thursday night. And then Friday morning, Chris, our other two friends, Nick and Nick, and our other friend, Rodney, so a total of six of us, will converge here at my place, and then we will hit the road on our way to State College. Chris, what are you looking forward to most on this road trip portion of our drive out to State College?
1: Well, after last weekend, I'm a little bit nervous. So uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Brandon Brown once again in his element. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just excited to, to get out with a group of guys, get out to Happy Valley. I haven't been there yet, so it's a bucket list stadium for me. Um, I'm, I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be a good time. And I know we're going to get into some shenanigans. We're going to try to go live on Friday on location. We'll be at a bar in Happy Valley. We're going to try to come live to you guys and hopefully – provide some fun content
0: yeah so the plan is on friday it's a six or seven hour drive i'm sure we'll have a stop or two along the way um but we plan on getting there you know in the evening time kind of figuring out where we're at um and then yeah do a live stream from somewhere in happy valley like if it's at a bar or a restaurant i will have um i will have the the uh the The hell am I thinking? The uh, Penn State expert is coming on with me tomorrow to do the recording. Then we will loop that in and play that with our live stream on Friday, just like we did last week with the guy with Tom from Indiana. And uh, should be should be really good. Should bring a lot of good uh, content and knowledge about Penn State that I'm I'm even looking forward to. There's some things that I've read about Penn State today that I wasn't aware of, like they're down a couple interior defensive linemen, which I think that obviously doesn't bode well for what they want to do against Michigan's running game. But anyway, I'm excited, dude. There's six of us going. Uh, you know, a handful of them have been i fr- I've been friends with since I was in like elementary school. Obviously uh, Chris and I have become friends over the last year now, but we kind of yeah. knew each other through Zach, who is flying in from Colorado and it just it's all kind of coming together. Um it's all kind of coming together pretty well and we're super excited about going to the game.
1: We're going to tailgate for the, we haven't tailgated.
0: Right. Seeing the, seeing the stadium, being in the environment, seeing the game, obviously doing some work from there and then hanging out with some good friends for the rest of the weekend. And I did see, I don't think we're going to go just because like it hasn't been set up. I mean, it's not anything we want to pay to go to. I don't even know if you do have to pay, but Michigan plays Penn state in hockey on Friday night, like while we're there. So we'll, I'm sure we'll see some Michigan fans out and about. We'll probably hear about it. Maybe we'll even bring it up on bring it up on the live, depending on, um, you know, depending on how that plays out. But yeah, we're not we're not planning on on going. So Chris and I, this is a good question, Logan. Chris and I will be in the booth for the game, like credentialed and working. But then afterwards, we'll we'll join back up with our buddies who are going as fans. So they they got four tickets. We got the cheap. We got the. Uh, they got the cheap seats. We got the nice cushy. <laughs> Uh, you know, climate, warm. cold. We'll be sipping on hot chocolates up there. We'll be having a blast while they're down there with the with the rest of the peasants. So, yeah, losers. We'll, we'll see how that ends up going. But no, looking forward to the experience overall. And um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I I've asked a few people, like, where's a good spot to go? Where do you do? What What kind of places should we check out? I haven't really gotten any great answers. So,
1: if you guys, I know we're get, we're getting hammered. We are getting hammered for that uh, Wisconsin underdog. Uh, yeah. i see yeah. that yeah. yeah we were we were wrong apparently that was jim harbaugh's first win road win as a as a road dog good good cool he's 110 awesome yeah hammer yeah. me
0: that's that's the that's that's the way it typically goes like i i point out that jim harbaugh hasn't done a great job in an area and people are mad at me for it i'm like mm, that's <laughs> okay all right well whatever um whatever floats your boat there fellas i i don't uh i don't I don't recall that, but I'll take your word for it. That Michigan was the underdog in that game, and I, obviously, if if uh, you know, uh, Penn State's going to be a lot, a lot tougher than Wisconsin. I think so. We'll
1: see. We will. Will's see. Will's Wolverine report is telling us that there's some there's some hot chicks out there in Happy Valley. Well, wh- listen, Will. We're married. Like I all think all of us going married. are married, right? We're all yep. happily married. We all got kids. We're not going to be at some bar, booty clapping, trying to like get on some, you know, some young college chicks. We're we're responsible <laughs> old men. We're pushing forty. Listen, I'm not Urban Meyer. All right, I'm not going to be right. diddling any buttholes out on the dance floor no. this weekend. Like that's not <sighs> that's not happening, dude. You you took that to the extreme. Can you say butthole on a podcast? Hundred percent. I, I right. mean, like, could do a lot more if I wanted. I'm not going to. Bro, I'm getting a weird deja vu. Like this has happened before. Like you said, butthole before. And we've done I this before. Pretty
0: sure we've never talked about buttholes on the pod before. But maybe a not for everything. <laughs> I really wish I had like a butthole drop. But I'm <laughs> going off the rails. The show has yeah, taken
1: a turn. See what happens when you say butthole. Everything else goes out the window. It's not
0: even Friday yet. It's not even <laughs> Friday yet. All right, yeah, do the Urban Meyer. I'll be out there doing the Urban Meyer on the dance floor. I have been known to cut a little rug, so we'll see what happens. I have noticed this, though. I'm going to start playing the our, our outro music. So back in the day, full disclosure, full disclosure, big dance guy, worked well, worked very well for your boy in college. This know? guy. I this tried, this I, guy. My wife and I and a couple friend, another couple friends of ours – went back to mount pleasant this was probably 3 or 4 years ago now and we went to the wayside we hit it up man went out there on the dance floor i was freaking drenched like i just played 4 hours of basketball just from trying to dance through like one song I dude,
1: was that's like, what those college chicks want is like a sweaty old 38 year old dude who's like trying to I recapture like, i was like how did i how did i do this before i could not believe how much
0: more active my sweat glands were now versus when I was, like, 22.
1: I, I, well, hey, I, you saw me at Michigan Madness. Right? I, did. I, was, I did. I was leaking all over the floor. I couldn't stop.
0: Michael, you've been a friend of the show, but if you talk badly about the wayside again, I'm going to have to boot you forever. <laughs> if you went to Central Michigan University and you don't love the wayside, I don't want to be friends with you. You're not my people. That's what I'll say. Ouch. That's what I'll say. Now, <laughs> now, no. Michael, I will say, why the hell did I go there as a 34-year-old? We could have that discussion. But the Wayside holds a place near and dear to my heart as a Central Michigan alum. So there you go. Pretty cool show, Buttholes, Wayside,
1: Urban Meyer, finger diddling. We did it all tonight, man. <laughs> we did it all tonight. Uh, I did not see Buttholes coming up on the show. I'm, I'm glad we got there. I don't have that on my sheet here. Not There's no... There's no buttholes there. All right, guys.
0: Everyone have a good one. We will be back on Friday in some form or fashion. It may not be right at 7, but we will be back to talk about Penn State and get the insight. Thanks for sticking sticking it out with us. We'll be back on Friday.